Now, we're back to the future today as the head of our COVID inquiry sets out next steps. The process so far has involved sorting out publicly available information. Today is about apparently who gets to have a say. The chair of the Royal Commission is, of course, Tony Blakely, who's back with us. Morning to you. Morena. How much actual work's been done so far since December? So in February, we got our feet under the desk and started building up. We've got a secretariat of about 20 or 30 people now. We've been pulling in a lot of the uh, publicly available and other documents from the public sector, particularly the Wellington-based policy ministries, and we've been out and about talking to a lot of those ministries and some key individuals. That's where we are as of today. Do you have a gargantuan amount of information already that would lead you to believe that this could be massive? (laughs) That's a good point, Mike. Yes, there's a lot of information. So our terms of reference are broad. We cover the health, the education, the justice, every response in society. Because it's broad, which is appropriate because the pandemic hit us all across society, it was tough for all of us, we can only go so deep. So we're trying to use the publicly available information and then where we've got more stones to unturn or more lessons to find, we go out and speak to the people that we think can help us get those lessons Lessons like how do we do it next time when the next pandemic arrives without needing to use lockdowns as much, for example. Are you following the UK reasonably closely or not? Uh, We're watching the UK and we're talking with the UK a lot, but our way that we're approaching is quite different. In fact, it's 180 degrees different. The UK inquiry is a legalistic hearing-based one costing so far over £100 million. Our one is a non-adversarial one. We're not having legal hearings. The fact that myself, who's an epidemiologist and public health medicine specialist, is the chair, not a high court judge, tells you that we're doing it very differently. So we're not doing it in a legalistic, blame-finding way. We're doing it in a way of trying to extract the lessons and put them there in some form of recommendations, possibly even a plan for how we would respond next time. Is, isn't it, do you run the risk or tr- potential trouble of a lesson being blame? Because, you know, that's how you learn a lesson because something went wrong. That's possible. Um, so we have the powers of a Royal Commission. Uh, that's not our intent to go and find blame. But if we find issues that didn't go quite right, and let's face it, in a pandemic, you're not going to get everything right. And let's also acknowledge the fact that New Zealand did pretty well, particularly in that first year. We will be looking for the lessons from that projecting them forward. If there's something that we find that was quite, you know, negligent or something like that, we will look to right. alternative authorities. See, can, can I pick you up on that? You said we did quite well. Does that not give away your position before you've even started? No, I don't think so, because what you need to do is look at our world and data. You can see that Aotearoa New Zealand had the, the lowest death rate of pretty much any country. You can look at the way that the terms of reference and the stand-up at the at the time that Prime Minister Ardern uh, launched us. Uh, yes, we did well. Well, Aotearoa New Zealand did well in those first six months or so. But there's still lessons to extract out of it. For example, by virtue of geographic distance and quick decision-making at the beginning, New Zealand went for the elimination route mm. and did very well. But the next time a pandemic agent arrives, it may not be one that we could eliminate and we're going to have to live with it and be a bit more like Sweden. So we have got to take lessons from overseas countries as well as what happened to Aotearoa to be better prepared for next time. What's the time frame on this? Uh, we, our report is due um, mid to late next year. Is that realistic? The government, that's what we're going to do. Okay. And the government will be responding to that report uh, in the second half of next year, we assume. 
Now, the trick for us is that this is this could be gigantuan, as you say, and our job is to try and keep do the appropriate amount of depth where we think the lessons can be found. So we'll be trying to speak to as many people as we can in Aotearoa, New Zealand in that time, but obviously we're going to have to prioritise. And come November, we'll also be um, inviting the public to express their uh, experiences, what they think the lessons might be through uh, a largely web-based mechanism from November onwards, and between now and then, it's about public documents and speaking to a, a large range of organisations and public sector. All right, well, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. I appreciate it very much. Tony Blakely, who's the chair of the Royal Commission into COVID. Stand by for Richard, 17-2. For more from the Mike Hosking Breakfast, listen live to News Talk ZB from 6am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.